All the dads. Have. How many people in here? Raise your hand if you have a dad. Okay. Hey. Wow, that worked out pretty good, didn't it? Yes, yes. Um, we all have dads, even if we don't know who our dads are. Uh, that's no new information. Um, and so uh, we want to celebrate dads today. It's a, it's a Father's Day. Happy Father's Day message. And so I like Father's Day for no other reason. It's the one day out of the year that I get to do a little more than one dad joke. So I got, a, I got some teed up here for you, some dad jokes. I mean, who don't love a dad joke, man? Dad jokes are awesome. Uh, my teenager uh, and my younger ones, they, they love it. Teenagers especially love dad jokes, don't they? Teens love dad jokes. All right, now listen, some of these aren't new, I know. If you know the punchline, please, please don't ruin it for everybody else. Don't be that heckler that always shouts out the punchline, you know. <laughs> okay, just go with it, roll with it. Here we go. Uh, did you hear about the guy? Who cut off the left side of his body? Well, he's all right now. What do you call a man with a rubber toe? Roberto. <laughs> Roberto. Anyway, these are dad jokes, guys. They're dad jokes. I told your mother that she drew her eyebrows too high. She looks surprised. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, come on. Anyway, you guys, I'll tell you. What did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? I matey. Some of y'all can, can use that one day, all right? Some of you are wishing you would have used that when you turned 80. What else we got? Uh, why did the scarecrow win an award? Well, of course, he was outstanding in his field. Why else would you win an award? I mean, you know. Oh, these are good. I could go all day. Yeah, no, anyway. My kids say, you do, Dad. It's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs. Yeah, they always take things literally. Kleptomaniac steals. He take anyways. Ah, I used to have a job at a calendar factory, but I got fired. Yeah, because I took a couple of days off. <laughs> All right. This is a good one. This is a good one. Two peanuts were walking down the street. One was assaulted. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, all right. I know what you're thinking. Stop making me laugh. You'll make me poo my pants. <laughs> okay, I got to stop. All right, all right. That's enough. I mean, come on. Dad jokes, man. You got to love dad jokes. You got to love dad jokes. Anyway, dads, if you got one, please share them today. It is Father's Day. It's a good day. And so uh, uh, let those jokes keep, keep rolling. But on a serious note, what I do want to talk to us about today, our Father's Day message today is going to be about being men of God in a day of godless men. I mean, let's, let's just be real for a second. We live in a pretty messed up world, don't we? There is a lot of godless things going on in society, especially in America, but around the world. I mean, we live in a very, very dark, dark day. 
And for those of us here who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, uh, we have a higher calling, men. We have a calling that's uh, placed upon us as men of God to be just that, men of God. And so I want to encourage us today as we think about Father's Day, as we think about it in a, in a biblical worldview, what has God called us to? What does He expect of you and me? For those of you who one day hope to be fathers, uh, I hope that you will take this message to heart. This will help shape you and prepare you as you uh, enter into that at some chapter in your life. For those of you here who are, who are granddads and great-granddads, I want to encourage and challenge you to think about today's message and how you can live this message out, how we might uh, make an impact not only in our current generation around us in society, but how we might invest in the future, how we might pour into our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. Because the days are growing ever darker, and we know they will get even darker before the Lord returns. And so we must occupy until He comes. So how shall we live in a day of godless men? I want to give you some statistics. Just the facts. Here's some facts. Did you know that one in four children live in a home without a dad? One in four children live in a home without a dad. Now I, I believe, again, this is, this is the enemy's plan has been and always is to divide the home. He started with the first husband and wife team in his assault in the garden to separate them. She left the protective hedge of her husband and was tempted by the tempter, was deceived and fell into sin. And because the man neglected his responsibility of protection, allowing this to take place, and then willfully disobeyed God himself, blatantly pummeled the world into what we know now as a sin-infected, sin-cursed world. You want to know why the world's broken? You want to know why there's messes in homes and divorces and, 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 and the, 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 the troubles that we face in societies? Just societal ills, murder and rape and, and just, I mean, some of the wicked things that go on in our world. Why is it this way? There's only one answer that gives a satisfactory answer, and it's a biblical worldview. The Word of God, the Bible, the Judeo-Christian worldview explains satisfactory. It, it, it gives us the reason things are the way they are. The reason why one day you can have a beautiful, just amazing scenery in, in nature, and, only, and, and then within a, a, an hour's notice, seeing it upheaved and, and, and a violent storm and, and raged through tsunamis and earthquakes and volcanoes and, and just turned into chaos. Why does that happen? Why does there seem to be this good and evil that takes place in, in, the, in the world around us? The answer is here. We live in a fallen world. The world that we are in is broken, and therefore you and I, every man and woman that's ever lived upon this earth, has been broken. We all are born with a nature that's set on hell. You don't have to tell your child no. I mean, you don't have to tell your child yes, you have to tell him no. Right? Because their slant is already, they want to go in the way of wrongdoing. No, uh -uh, don't do that. Nope, 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 no, nope, no. Nope. That's our nature, guys. We're just big children. 
And our nature wants to do these things that the flesh wants to do. But this is, this is the way I was made. This is the desires of my heart. But guess what, guys? The Bible says our heart is wicked. You can't even know it. So if the Bible's true, then I'm blind. Naturally, I can't see. So no wonder this doesn't make sense to the unbelieving world. Think with me for a second. If what the Bible says is true, it says you're born dead in your trespasses and sin. You're born blind. So you don't see things the way you should see things. So when somebody who sees, sees things tries to explain to you what they're seeing, it makes no sense to you because you don't see it. And the only way you and I will ever see it is if the Spirit of God awakens you to know Him, to know the truth. And then it's as if the scales fall off your eyes and you're able for the first time in your life to see reality. You're able to see the world for what it really is. It's a sin-cursed world. And there's only one hope. And it's through the person of Jesus Christ. You see, Christ is the only one who ever came into this world not born of a man, born of a virgin. God enrobed in flesh. He proved this because he lived a sinless life. He never transgressed the law. He never had evil thoughts. He never lied. He never did anything that our Adamic nature causes us to do. And then he went to the cross of Calvary, laid down his life. No one took his life. He came as a ransom. He bought you and me that were enslaved to sin. He bought us out of sin. He laid down His life at Calvary for you and me. And upon the cross, He died for my sin, for your sin. And He provided a way to grab your hand, the Father's hand, to bring us together. 100% God, Jesus was. 100% man, Jesus was. He's the bridge. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. And He was three days in the grave. And three days later, He proved to all of mankind through the, throughout history that He and He alone has the power over death. He alone laid down His life and took it up three days later. He's alive he ascended into heaven and He's coming back. And He's coming back for those of us who have repented of their sin, recognized their brokenness and said, God, forgive me. Please forgive me. I put my hope, my faith, my trust completely and solely in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Not in doing good, not in doing better, not in going to church, not in reading their Bible, but complete faith, complete surrender in who Christ is. And here's the thing, guys. If that is truly, truly who you are, then God makes you a promise. He says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. And old things have passed away. That old Adamic nature, you've been loosed from it. You're set free from it, men. Fathers, hear me. You're set free from those old sinful nature. That old sinful nature. That doesn't mean you don't still battle against it, but you're set free for the first time in your life. You can walk freely in the power of Christ. Because Christ has delivered you from the penalty of sin, which was death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You've been set free from the penalty. 
you've also been set free from the power. You don't have to keep doing the sinful things that you once had no... It's like I couldn't control myself. Guys, back when my old... Y'all know my story. Back in my sinful days, it was as if I just, I just did what the flesh wanted to do, man. It was like I just, you know what? This is my appetite. I just felt like I need to eat. You know what I'm saying? So naturally speaking, I just needed to do these things that I did. This was just normal for me. This is just my way of life. I was blind. And the little G God of this world has blinded their mind lest the glorious light of the gospel should penetrate their heart. And for the first time they see. The only way people are going to see is through the glorious, glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's our responsibility to share that, church. And we're set free. Not only from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, but praise God, one day in the future we'll be set free from the very presence of sin. One day our race will be done and we will enter into the glories of God. And we long to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And that bondage, that corruption, that, that sin curse that's marred all of us, that's flawed all of us, will be forever gone in our battle and we'll finally see Christ for who He really is. And we'll be seen as who we really are in Christ. Guys, that's a glorious day. That's a Father's Day that we all look forward to celebrating. Amen? Well, I hope that's who we are today. And if not, then today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of invitation for you. But in the meantime, we have to walk through this dark world where there's a lot of things going on, a lot of problems. And I believe this, and this is why I want to continue with these statistics. I believe part of the natural home has been broken up, and I believe that's part of Satan's attack, and it's been as part of his attack from the beginning of time. And we need to be on guard, men especially, be on guard, all of us, but especially men, we need to be on guard as leaders, spiritual leaders of your home. Look at the statistics. I, I believe we're seeing this played out. This is part of the reason why sin has run amok in the world. It's because there's a lot of absentee fathers. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, folks that um, have abandoned their posts. And let me just say this. If you're here and, 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 and you're a single mom, praise God for you. You are carrying a load. But let me just say this. You're not carrying it alone. If you'll surrender it to Christ, He will show you he will give you the power in which you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And you're more likely to accomplish it surrendered in Christ in, than a home that's together that doesn't know Christ. Because your heavenly Father loves you and His desire is for you. His plan is for you, not against you. So let's look at this. Here's some other statistics. Did you know that children raised in a father-absent home are two times more likely to suffer from obesity. You know, my, my dad was gone a lot. I, my, dad, my, my, my home was intact, but my dad worked out of town sometimes three months, six months at a time. Uh, maybe that's why I'm... So, anyway. Um, but no, two times more likely to, to suffer from obesity. Do you know that 92% of parents in prison are fathers? I mean, that's, that's a high statistic, guys. Children living in female-headed homes with no spouse present have a poverty rate of 47.6% of 
over four times the rate for children living in married couple families. It's a lot harder to make ends meet. And that's just the facts. Daughters are less likely to engage in risky sexual behavior when they have consistent contact and a sense of closeness with their dads. Dads, you don't think your role's important? I got news for you. It is. It's very important. You say, oh, well, my, my kid doesn't listen anyway. We know what? They're listening. And we have a responsibility, dads, to invest in our children. But there's a special bond between daughters and dads. And we need to cultivate that. You know, my wife and I often, I don't know if any of you have ever watched the, the show Intervention. Uh, it's sometimes hard to watch. They, it's, it's a documentary where they'll follow someone's story who's struggling in drug addiction. And uh, it can get really uh, gruesome sometimes with just some of the drug use and some of the places that the people go uh, in experiencing that, that lifestyle. But I could almost always, we talk about it, almost every episode it seems like when they go back and do the history, they show all these little pictures of them when they were beautiful little children. And you know, and here's this little kid dressed up in their little Easter outfit and a little bobtails. And, and you're thinking, is that the same person? Nobody ever set out on a course saying, hey, I hope I grow up to be a drug user one day. I hope I grow up to be in a crack house on the floor. That's what I want to be when I grow up. And you see these stories unfold, but without fail, almost every time, there was an absent father. There was some kind of strained relationship between the daughter and the dad. There's almost always some type of conflict there or absent dad situation. You don't think there's a connection? I've got news for you. There is a connection. Dads, we, we, as professors of Christ, those who say that we know Christ is our Lord and Savior, we need to be living this out. We need to be investing in our children, our grandchildren. This is it in a nutshell. Poverty, four times greater risk of poverty. Teen pregnancy, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Behavioral problems, more likely to have behavioral problems. Uh, child abuse, more likely to face abuse and neglect. Mom-child health, two times greater risk of infant mortality. Substance abuse, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Incarceration, more likely to go to prison. Child obesity, two times more likely to suffer obesity. Crime, more likely to commit crime. And two times more likely to drop out of high school when it comes to education. Dads, fathers play a vital role because that's God's design. The father of fathers, the heavenly father, gave us his mind on the family. He gave us his desire for how our homes should be. He gave us his manual on how we should do marriage. Now, we can pretend we know better. We can say, oh, that's an old, archaic, outdated book. And we do this, we say, oh, that's a book of rules. I don't keep no rules. I don't have sticking rules. Because it's not a book of rules. If that's the way you see the Word of God, then you miss the whole point. 
You'll never keep these rules. That's the point. This is a mirror. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, man, I messed that up. Oh, definitely I fall short in that area. Ooh, guilty. Guilty. It's okay. I love you. That's why I sent my son to fulfill this. Trust in him. Trust in him alone. Now all of a sudden these, these aren't rules anymore. These are almost like guardrails. You know, we go up to the mountains a lot. I never once have driven around the roads of Asheville and the Blue Ridge Parkway and said, Stupid guardrails! I hate guardrails. Who are they to put up guardrails? I'm not going to pay any attention to these guardrails. I'm going to do my own thing. Woo! <laughs> ah, that was a dumb idea. Now, uh, maybe some of you drive like that. Now, this is a way of life because now my eyes are open. Now I see, oh, this is given so that I might experience life and experience life abundantly. This is real living. All you Christians don't have any fun. <laughs> My new favorite character on YouTube. <laughs> There's this guy, he goes around, that's all he does. He goes to car lots, he kicks tires, and he stands out there, and people come up, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> I now know, I can see in the Word of God, this is the way God intended for me to live. And that produces fruit. There's peace in that. There's joy in that. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have troubles. Don't let anybody tell you, come to Jesus, your troubles will go away. That's a flat lie. Come to Jesus and you'll be prosperous and you'll be rich. That's a lie. That's truly a lie. Jesus had nothing. He didn't have a place to pillow his head at night. Anybody preaches that false gospel, you need to send them packing. Don't give them any money for bus fare either. Guys, we failed because we're failures. We don't, we don't sin, and that's why we're sinners. No, we sin because we're sinners. People, people steal because they're stealers. And I'm not talking about Pittsburgh, Crane. Settle down. I know. We're not talking about Pittsburgh yet. We will soon. People steal because they're stealers. People lust and commit adultery... Because they're adulterers. This is our heart. This is who we are in our natural state. We come into the world. Ephesians 2, born dead in our trespasses and sin. We need to be fixed. We need to be made alive. And only the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, through what Christ has done, that's the only way you and I will ever see life the way God intended. So fathers, here's where we're at. This is our spring text. If you want to go, this is awesome. Let me just say, my wife and I, we talk a lot, but we did not talk about what my message was on this week. And she put this verse in the bulletin for you. Praise be to God. So the so Holy Spirit had us on the same page. This is our verse today, Proverbs 27. We're going to focus on this one verse. We're going to go many places, but this is our anchor. This is our starting place. So I want us to look at this passage of Scripture together, if you would. The just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Simply put, men, God has called us to be men of integrity. 
And we're going to unpack this. We're going to see what this word means and see what, it, what, it, what uh, the Bible has to say about being men of integrity. And we're going to look at uh, this idea of walking in that integrity and then how that will affect our children in the future. So let's take a look. First point I want to talk about is being a just man. Being a just man. If you're going to be a man of integrity, you're going to have to be a just man. Now, how do you be a just man, you say? Many are asking, how do you be a just man? I'm glad you asked. It starts in the past. You've heard over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came and paid the sin debt for us. That's where it begins, gentlemen. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will never be the dad, the husband God has called you to be. There's no way. You will never do it in your own natural strength. So you can hang that thought up. Ladies, you'll never be the mom or the wife God has called you to be apart from Him. You were justified 2,000 years ago. Look at Acts 13, 38 through 39 says this. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, who? Jesus. Through this man, Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by Him, Jesus... Everyone who believes is what? Justified. That word justified is that legal term when a judge says, not guilty. You have been declared not guilty at the cross of Calvary. But that is not applied to your account until you, by faith, receive it. And so if you have never, by faith, received the forgiveness of your sins that's found only in one name, there's only one name given under heaven amongst men by which to be saved, it's the man Christ Jesus. Either that is a true statement or that is a lie. It cannot exist in both realms. The law of contradiction does not allow that to be true and false at the same time. So you're either saved through one man one man's name given under heaven by which men are to be saved, the man Jesus Christ. That's not, you can go through all the other world religions, there's no other man who will get you to God. Only Jesus Christ. Everyone who believes surrendered trust is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Again, guys, you're not, going to be, you're not going to be justified by doing good. That does not justify you by saying prayers, by lighting candles, by doing acts of any kind of self-righteous deed. Those are man's ways. That's religion. God doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship. And He's provided a way through His Son. We need to be justified. He's shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly. To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Men, if we're to be just men leading our homes, good fathers to our children, these are principles laid out in Scripture. And though Christ has fulfilled the law and He's fulfilled the Word of God in His coming and His death, burial, and resurrection on the cross at Calvary, we still must live out these principles as new creations in Christ. God still expects us to do just things. We need to treat each other justly. We need to love mercy. 
You know, I always think about the situation where the girl was caught in adultery. And remember the Pharisees drag her out and they, they, they trying to trap Jesus and they say, you know, the law of Moses says we're supposed to stone her. She was caught in adultery. Now, it's interesting, the, the man she was caught with is not there, right? And so, what do you say we do? And of course, you remember Jesus kneels down and writes something on the, on the ground and he says, you know, basically you who are without sin, cast the, let him cast the first stone. And the older men walked away first. And eventually, there's no one left there. And Jesus says, where are your accusers? And you remember his words to her, where neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. A call to repentance, a call to change in her life, a call to surrender her life, and to go from there different than how she was found. Now, I often think about that story, and I don't think this is said enough, and I've said it here many times, and we'll probably say it many times in the future. Jesus would have been correct to have stoned her because that was what the law of the day required. And if there was anyone without sin, it was him, right? But instead of giving her what she deserved, he showed her grace and gave her mercy. Guys, sometimes we may be right in a situation and maybe we would be right to give justice. But sometimes maybe the best thing in that situation is to give grace and give mercy for the sake of the gospel. And that's not all the time and that's not every time and this is why we must discern God's leading in the situation based upon the principles and truth and word of God. Because there are times, just as God, when Christ went into the temple and flipped over the tables and put together a, a, a cord of, and a whip and tr drove those people out, that was just. That was righteous indignation. He was fired up angry, and there are times for that too. I just think by our own nature that struggles between the new man and the old man, I think sometimes we land on the side of justification when we maybe should be landing more on the side of mercy and grace. And that's just me being real because, guys, that's a, that's a struggle I sometimes struggle with. And when is that application? But we're called to do justly, we're called to love mercy, and we're called to walk humbly with our God. And so yielding our life to the Lord's way instead of our way is, is humility, isn't it? Because there's many times, man, where I want to do my thing. And God says, no, that's not what I want you to do. But, but this makes sense. But that's not what I want you to do. The Word of God leads me in a different direction. Guys, you'll never go contrary to the Word of God and expect to be successful. So don't think that you've, you've somehow found that lane. You know? Don't think somehow that, well, but... The, the, you know, and we're, we're the world's worst at the ends justifies the means. We're pragmatic in our country. Our American culture has made us pragmatic. Pragmatic means, well, if it works, then it must be right. Well, this worked out, therefore it was right. Guys, you can read through the Scriptures. There's a lot of times God allows things. Don't take that as an approval of things. 
Do you follow me? Let me say that again. Just because God allows things and it plays out in Scripture, don't look at that and say, well, He allowed this, it must be okay to do that. That leads into what we call situational ethics. You know, you think about um, Rahab lying. Where did those two spies go that came in here? They went that away. Knowing exactly where they were. She lied. She flat out lied. So is lying okay in situations like that? You see, in a, in our human nature will cause us to want to lean on that Adamic side of things and say, well, yeah. Abraham lied. This is not my wife. This is my sister. Because he knew if he said this is my wife, they're going to kill him and take her and it's going to be a bad situation. See, we can justify in our own hearts things that uh, we say, well... This is all right to do this. Guys, it's never all right to do wrong. There's no right way to do what's wrong. My question to you in these situations is, could God have still delivered the two spies had she said the truth? Of course he could have. He didn't need her help. He didn't need her lying to bring about his will. He allowed it, and we don't see the punishment. We can't assume she didn't get punished. We can know for certain there's an account. There's a day of reckoning for everyone. Loss of reward for the believer. Punishment for those who don't know Christ. So we need to walk justly. We need to live in love with mercy. And we need to walk humbly with our God. You're witnesses. 1 Thessalonians 2.10 says you are witnesses. And God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. Dads, this is a reminder to us, this is the New Testament. Dads, future dads, old school dads. Paul was an example. We're called to be examples. We're called to live out a life uh, before those as a witness. Our life is a living testimony, is it not? So how we're living our life out says a lot as to who we are and who we serve. The just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. We need to also be a complete man. Being a complete man, that's in the present. So we know we were justified in the past because of who Christ is and what he did on our behalf. And if you're a born-again believer, you've been justified, you've been set free from the penalty of the law. Therefore, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, things are all becoming new. So let's explore this new. What is this new walk that I am now in? Because Jeremy is no longer drinking and chewing and going with girls that are doing. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm no longer in that lifestyle of sin uh, that I used to be trapped in. Those bonds of sin have been broken. Jesus has set me free. And now I'm for the first time in my life free to walk a new life. And so as I begin to take in the Word of God and allow God to have His way to change the way I think about things, the way uh, I, I've been renewed in, in, in spirit, in the inner man, to, to think about things differently. I only find that out by the Word of God and the Spirit of God in me. You know what's made me grow more than anything in my walk? Hear me on this. If you fell asleep, tune back in. You know what has helped me more than anything in my walk, in my life? It's time with God and time with God's people. When Jesus Christ got a hold of my heart and life at 25, I could not miss a church service. 
I mean, there was an excitement in my heart and life. I didn't just go to the Baptist church on Sunday mornings for Sunday school and church. I went to a Pentecostal church on Sunday afternoon. I was at a Friends Quaker meeting on Tuesday. I was at a free evangelical all-black church on Thursday for lunch. I was at conferences on Fridays and Saturdays. Now, I was confused. (laughs) And that's what you're going to get if you're hopping around like that all over the place. But man, there was, a, there was an appetite. There was a new appetite. What's happened to us, church? What's happened to us? Where's our hunger for the Word of God? Where's our hunger for the things of God? We find everything else to do in our life except for love this Word and love each other and love Him. If you're visiting, I'm sorry. I'm a little upset right now if you can't tell. But, but it's because I believe... In what the Word of God tells us. I believe God is worthy of our worship. And I believe His plan is the local church. It's not the local ball field. It's not the local theater. It's not the local car wash or golf course or whatever else it is. I'm not against those things. But I am pro-church. I am pro-you, your families. I'm pro the Word of God. And I want to pour this into your life because I know personally what the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the sacrifice of Christ has done in my life personally. Why would I not want to share that? Why would I not love opportunities to get together with you and do life together? And we have fun. If you don't think we have fun, watch Mark Gentry's care group on video. (laughs) They're having fun. And they're having life around the things of God. That's exciting. Man. Even the seniors group didn't get outdone. They were over here having a good time too. Praise the Lord. They were a little slow on their amen, but that's okay. I am 80. (laughs) Sorry. Man, this is... Guys, I'm telling you, I can't say this... I don't do what I do for my sake. God has called me here. I love you. I love getting together with you. And yes, my heart breaks a little every time I don't see you. I'm just being real. And that's not legalism. That's love. Because I know what's going to happen when you come. These ladies showed up this past Wednesday night and they got a blessing, right? They got a blessing. When we were doing our outreach, Wednesday nights, home, people that were here and participated, they got a blessing. We're going to be complete. We got to work on the present. You know what the present is? The present is sanctification. If the past is justification, the present is sanctification, we're in a walk. Hey, he's chipping away at us. Don't let this beat you up. Don't let this bruise your ego, what, what pastor's saying. All right? Don't, don't let that get on your toes too bad because here's the reason it's happening, guys. God wants to chip away at us, He wants to conform us more and more to the image. So that means I got to lay down some baggage. Right? Don't think. I, I, at 25, came out of my dark life of sin, and then all of a sudden now I'm in the pulpit at Community Baptist Church. It doesn't work that way. If it does, 
then the church has done wrong because the Bible's real clear on not letting a novice take the pulpit. We're in a walk, we're in a growth. When a baby is born, a baby comes out goo-gooing and gagaing, poo-pooing and pie-pieing, right? I mean, you know, those of you who work nursery say, amen. Oh, and I'm telling you what, that one kid, I won't name names. No, just, um, then they begin to crawl, right? And mamas and daddies are excited when they begin to crawl. Now, if mamas and daddies ain't there to see the crawl, they miss it. Now, what about the day when Junior takes those first steps? You know? And sometimes we miss it. I get that. Sometimes that happens in life and you're not there. But when you're there, you get to experience it. Right? You follow my analogy? Church, we got people who are crawling. We got people who are beginning to learn to walk. And it's happening right in our midst, in our gathering. And some people are here for the joy. Woo! Praise God, that was good. Did you hear what so-and-so asked tonight? Yeah, that was a good question. That was good stuff. And we're seeing them begin to take their first steps. And eventually that kid is running. And then the next thing you know what? They're strong. Now they're working out, man. Now they're buff Christians. You know what I'm afraid we got in our day? I'm going to make a slide of this and put it up. I think uh, uh, Carver, Dr. Carver, remind me of this throughout the week. So you tell Lori who can tell Allison who can tell Lori to tell you to tell me. I want to put up a little meme up here. I said this the other week to Allison. I want to put up a little meme up here. It says something like, skipping care group is like skipping leg day at the gym. And I'm going to have a big buffy guy with little bird legs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Y'all all seen those guys, right? You know, but, just, but we're going to put that, because truly that's what it's like, guys. Care group's leg day, man. I'm just saying, Wednesday, maybe it's more like Wednesday night for when we're in regular season, right? You know, ah, oh, man, I hate doing legs. Anybody that's ever been in the gym, we hate doing legs. Let's just be real, guys. We, you know, the women are better at that than we are for sure. But it's good for us. It helps us. It makes us stronger, right? All right. So being a complete man. What is integrity? Here's what the definition of integrity is. Adherence to moral and ethical principles. Soundness of moral character. Honesty. The state of being whole, entire or undiminished. A sound, unimpaired or perfect condition. Perfect condition. Guys, you're not going to be perfect apart from Christ. We're sinful. He's sinless. I, I love the definition. I want to read this to you. It, and if you want to turn over to... Um, uh, go over to Proverbs 10. Go to Proverbs 10 real quick. By the way, if you need a Bible, there is a Bible in front of you. So I'm, putting, I'm, I'm helping you out up here. I'm spoon-feeding you this morning. Proverbs 10, verse 9. Listen to what the Bible says. He who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. That's a good verse to... To hide in your heart right there, isn't it? He who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. I can promise you that if you begin to know the Word of God and you begin to hide the Word of God in your life and you begin to live out of His strength, not your strength, you begin to try and pursue Him in your life and do things His way, you begin to share His truth with others, don't be surprised if people think you are arrogant. 
Now be careful, because we could be arrogant in how we're doing it, but I have found in most cases, someone who speaks from authority, the Word of God, lives from a position of truth, the standards of God, a lot of times will be looked at as if they are a know-it-all or have it together. Now be careful that we don't fall into the slippery slope of, of presenting in such a way. Scripture is real clear that when we give a defense, we give it with meekness and gentleness. But truth in the day and age in which you live is not something people want to swallow. It's not something they want to hear. All you Christians think you know it all. You think you're right. Listen to what MacArthur says on this passage. Those who have integrity, who live what they believe, and that's what we're talking about. They live what they believe. Exist without fear of some evil being discovered. They live without the fear of some evil, some secret thing you're hiding. Oh, if they find that out, a person of integrity doesn't have that fear. Guys, can I just tell you, for 25 years, there were some really dark things that I thought, man, if people ever found these things out, my life is over. And when I came to Christ and was to actually at a where I could surrender those guilts and have those removed from my account to be able to lay down those things and let me just say and in some cases reconcile one of the first things I did when God got a hold of my life is I wrote a lot of notes a lot of letters and mailed them to people that I had heard along the way and I believe God led me to do that there was a lot of confessing of sins a lot of now again that doesn't make me right with God those those acts, but those acts came as a result of what Christ had done in my heart. Those who have integrity, who live what they believe, exist without fear of some evil being discovered, while those who are perverse and have secret wickedness will not be able to hide it. Dads, we're called to be men of integrity. We're called to be complete. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Guys, this is awesome. Dads, God not only saves you, justifies you through Jesus Christ, he also completes you in the sanctification process because of the indwelling Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete in him who's the head of all principality and power, if we're lacking, guys, it's because we're lacking Christ in our life. 2 Timothy 3, 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. If I've learned something in my bathroom remodel project, if you don't have the right tools, you can hang it up. <laughs> I mean, really you got to have the right tools. Jimmy Carr knows what I'm talking about, right? I mean, if you don't have the right tools to get something done, you got to get the right tools to get it done, right? Guys, on the spiritual front, same thing, same principle. The man of God may be complete. You know how we're complete? We're thoroughly equipped for every good work because of Him, Christ in us. 
Every tool I need, spiritually speaking, He provides. I can get the job done. Not because of my knowledge, not because of my ability, but because of His Word, His power in me. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. This is, this, is, this is what God wants from us, Dad. Father's Day, 2019. Here's the, here's the takeaway. Be justified in Christ, God bless. Be, be sanctified in Christ and walk in such a way that's worthy of our calling. And the only way you and I are going to do that is in His strength, not our strength. It's abiding in His Word and His Word abiding in us. It's living out what we believe, not what we say. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 and also verse 12. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and she may be lacking nothing. Guys, we're a witness. There's a watching, unbelieving world. We need to be complete. Colossians 2, 6, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord so walk in Him. Have you received Christ? If you've received Christ today, we are to walk in Him. This is our verse for Father's Day. The just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Being a blessed man. Not only were we justified in the past, presently speaking, we're being sanctified, and one day, praise God, we're going to be glorified. Christ is returning one day. There is a home in heaven. He's coming back. i got about five minutes left. I want to close with these thoughts. Listen to this. Being a blessed man in the future. Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a curse... Is that what that says? No. Children are a reward. And they're a gift from God. Don't let the world ever tell you anything different. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior as the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. God doesn't lie, guys. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Don't let society blaspheme that statement. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. But guys, it's only blessed if you raise them to know Christ. If you don't raise them to know Christ, then they will be a curse on you and society. Right? But that's not the child's fault. That's the church. That's the church's fault. We fell, we fell asleep. We're not sharing the good news. We're not doing what God's called us to do. Dads. Let's fire those arrows straight. Proverbs 17, 6. Grandchildren are the crown of the age, and the glory of children is their fathers. I know I got some grandpappies and grandmammies in here that are pretty, pretty proud of those grandkids and great-grandbabies. You know what? God said they're the crown of the aged. 
That's why back in the day, now you young people, you don't understand this. You got your phones and you just pull them out and you just, you know, back in the day, how do we used to have to do it, man? Oh, yeah, let me show you pictures of my grandbaby. Open up the wallet, you know. Unfold some pictures or turn, turn the little pages in your wallet with the picture, you know, pictures like that. Uh-huh. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Can I just tell you, if you're on this faith walk, there's coming a day when Christ will return, and it's going to be a day of celebration. It's going to be a Father's Day like you've never seen before. And guys, we're going to be joined forever with Christ. Never experience this sinful world again. Keep fighting the good fight of faith, man. Keep walking with integrity. Keep honoring Christ with not just your words, but your life. Invest in that next generation. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I don't care where you've been in the past. I know where you're at in the present. You're here at Community Baptist Church. And by the grace of God, you can go out of here different than how you came in. It doesn't matter if we failed in our responsibilities in raising our children. If you've got grandchildren, you've got another chance. Right? You, you've got your children still available. You can call them and talk to them. You can call them and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Guys, God cares where you're at today. Where are you at today? Where are you at today in relation to who he is? He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. We can walk in truth. Dad, will you walk in truth? for the sake of the next generation, for the sake of the future? You want to change statistics? It starts right there in your own home. It starts right here in my own home. We have a responsibility, a calling. The just man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Be men of God in a day of godless men. By being a just man, a complete man. Importance of dad, I want you to read this. One startling bit of research conducted by the Christian Businessmen's Committee found the following when the father is an active believer. There is about a 75% likelihood that the children will also become active believers. But if only the mother is a believer, this likelihood is dramatically reduced to 15%. Dad, you don't think your role is important in the home? I dare to differ. Just the facts. Just the facts. And if you're a single mom, let me encourage you with this. You want to know where you're going to find men of integrity? 
You want to you know where you can safeguard your child's heart from statistics like we saw earlier? It's in a good Bible-believing church. Men, we have a responsibility not just to our own children, but to every heart and kid that's here that God has entrusted us to minister to. Moms, Sunday school teachers, women's ministry, we have a responsibility in helping come alongside these single moms and raising these children to know Christ. That's what God has called us to do. So we're to be men of God in a day of godless men by being a just man, a complete man, and a blessed man. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for Father's Day. You are the Father, as was mentioned earlier this morning. The Father of all creation, but you're also the Father of those who are born-again believers. And Lord, no doubt there may be some here today that do not know you in that personal way. Jesus made real clear when he, when he was here. They're, they're either in one of two families. There's only two families that exist. It's the family of believers or they are in the family of the devil. Jesus said it. He said, you are of your father the devil. Believers and unbelievers. That's the dividing line. There are those who deny Jesus Christ for who he came and said he was. God of all creation. Lord of all lords. King of all kings. He's not just a way. He is the way. And so, Lord, I would pray this morning that if there be anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would be broken in their sin. They would recognize that they are a sinner in need of a Savior. And I pray that they would understand that Jesus Christ wants to give them forgiveness of their sin. Even now, he, he is reaching out to their heart, pulling on their heartstring. The Holy Spirit is calling them to, to faith and repentance in Jesus alone. Jesus said, whosoever, Paul wrote, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus is calling. Jesus is saying, put your faith in me and what I've done for you, and you will be forgiven. And so if you're here today and you've never taken that step of faith, I want to invite you to respond to the message. I want to invite you to surrender your life right where you are to Jesus Christ. God's listening. In His sovereign appointment, He brought you here for this, this time, a time such as this. And today can be your day of salvation. Just right where you are, Speak to God. Let Him know. I admit I'm a sinner. I, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And by faith today, I surrender. I repent of my sin. I put my faith and trust in who Christ is and Him alone to pay a debt that I owe. I realize the wages of sin is death, but I also believe the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And today, I turn from my sin and I put my faith and hope in Christ alone for my salvation. Just talk to Him. 
your heavenly Father is listening. Call upon the name of Jesus to save you. If you believe the Spirit of God has drawn you to that point of decision and you sense the tug of Christ in your heart and life today, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to know that's you. Would you let me know on your way out? Just say, Pastor, today I surrender my life to Christ. I want to know Him. I want to walk with Him. I want to one day be with Him. Just let me know as you're exiting out today. God loves you. And he demonstrated his love to you while you were still in your sin. Christ died for you. Father, thank you for the work that you're doing. And I pray that you will do the work because salvation belongs to you. And Lord, if there's truly someone here who surrendered their heart in this moment, they should not be ashamed of the gospel. And so, Lord, I pray that you put it on their heart to, to let it be known. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so, Father, you do what only you can do. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Guys.